Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Are you ready for the Word of God? Come on, stand to your feet this Sunday morning still. We are beginning to get into a mini-series between semesters. If you're not familiar with how we do things at Riverside, we just ended our semester, and we're going into the next one. And between semesters, we do series. We believe in following the educational program of the college, and everything else that we begin to do is with intention to disciple and educate. We give information, we give syllabuses, we hand it out to you. It's all produced in-house. We do not buy it off of Amazon and say, here you go, follow us here. We don't buy a book and say, we're going to follow this book, go buy it. We feel and really wholeheartedly believe that God has an assignment for us, and we follow as closely as we can to the voice of God, through the Word of God as well, to develop and produce information and insight for you to grow this next semester we're going to get into has to do with you being a child of god understanding your genealogy your heritage your dna and everything that god has for you most of us wrestle with identity spiritually sometimes you may not say it, but sometimes you just don't feel like a child of god what is it to be a child of god what right do you have and who are you? That's what we're going to be getting into the next semester. But right now, before we get there, we're going to be going through weeks of understanding how to get results in prayer. How to get results in prayer. A lot of people don't pray simply for one reason. They don't get results. The moment you start getting results in prayer, and that result can be the feeling of his presence as you approach him. That result can be a specifically requested petition that you brought to God and watching him answer it. Results come in various forms. But once you start experiencing God and prayer, the word prayer changes its meaning to you. The secret to praying is perspective. And if you go through the religious traditions of just coming to church and just simply going through the motions and making this a typical Sunday of waking up, getting ready, spraying some foo-foo, coming to church, going back home, eating a good lunch and falling asleep and waking up midway through the night having to take melatonin just to get back to bed, you're missing out on a walk with God because the real walk begins on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and we refresh as well on Sunday with the midweek service as well, going deeper. How many of you want to get results in prayer? So what we have done, here's what we, we've done. I'm going to show you this, then we're going to read the scripture. We're going through weeks, and here's the weeks, and here's the outline. This is literally, so you know ahead of time, this is... If you've been around Riverside Church any, for any length of time, you understand our perspective, how we teach, what we base everything on in the scripture. We are going to take you through the actual blueprint of the tabernacle and show you how that is steps, the right steps that God has given us to approach him. If the Old Testament had the high priest and the priest and there was a method to approaching God and now we are the temple of God, there is still a method. If you're the temple of God, then there are gates, there are courts, there's a court, there are courts inner and the outer. There's in week three, the, I'm sorry, sermon number three, furniture in the holy place. Four, artifacts in the ark. What was in the ark? Why would, did God place the rod of Aaron, the tablets of the law, and manna in there. Why were they in there? Which represented the presence of God. And then corporate prayer. What does that even mean? And what, is that, what happens when we join together? Then there's spiritual, altering spiritual environments. A lot of people 
are being overran because their environments haven't been altered. This is all spiritual talk with practical application. And then you walk into your kingship making a decree. And then there is authoritative praying. Over the years, we have seen God drive every demon back. Every bad report turn into a good one. Everything we have seen God do has never been able to outflank the kingdom of God and his king. And its king who is Jesus. You have power and authority to do what God's called you to do. To see God in your family. God in your career. God in your personal life. And God in your business. For all of our business owners. All of what God has he wants to bless. But if you want to see God's hand in it, you have to learn the art of prayer. The approaching of the king. How do you do it? And that's what we begin with today. Psalms chapter 24. Are you ready? All right, here we go. Was that a lot? No? You got it? You ready? Again? That is so weak. I'm a friend. Are you ready for the word of God? Yeah. Evil, calm down. <laughs> Psalms 24 verse 1 says this. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all of its people belong to him. For he has laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it upon the ocean's depths. Who may climb to the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? That's a couple of good questions. Only those whose hands and hearts are pure. Now, how many of you know that what it takes to get a pure heart and pure hands, it's mercy and forgiveness in the blood of Jesus? How many of you understand that? So there's an act of repentance that comes from the cleansing power of God. And those who do not worship idols nor never tell lies. They will receive the Lord's blessings and have a right relationship with God, their Savior. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence, O God of Jacob. Open up. Listen to what he says now. Now, he says something that almost seems kind of far off in left field. But he says it with intention, with the spiritual understanding when he says in verse 7, Open up ancient gates. Open up ancient doors notice how the two are together right after the other I'm going to show you a picture in a moment that will explain that concept of the door and the gates being related as one and speaking to each other side by side and it says here open up ancient doors and let the king of glory enter who is the king of glory the Lord strong and mighty the Lord invincible in battle Open up ancient gates. Again, he's, this is a psalm. This is a song that's being sung. Open up ancient gates. Open up ancient doors. Let the king of glory enter. This is a command. And this is something that is restricting. If it's not open, it can hinder the Lord from coming in. We're going to learn how it takes the doors and the gates of anything that we enter or God wants to enter to be opened up by someone. And these ancient gates, gates that have been built for centuries, have a spiritual correlation in this point. There is a correlation between the physical and the spiritual. And in the spiritual, here's what we're saying here, the ancient gates. There are spiritual gates that need to be opened in order for the Lord to come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord of heaven's armies. He is the king of glory. Selah. Are you ready for the word of God? Yes. One more time. Just lift your voice with me. Just pray with me this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, give me understanding. Make your word plain. Let the anointing fill the room. And let us walk out of here refreshed and encouraged and equipped. In Jesus, your mighty name, everybody say amen one more time just to wake up and just because he's good give him a hand clap and tell him lord jesus thank you come on somebody praise him somebody praise him and tell him lord jesus we love you we thank you you're good and you can be seated god bless you
We are beginning this today. It will continue on Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday. So every one of those sermons that you just saw, all of our pastors are taking each of the topics. And you get to hear from all of our pastors here at Riverside every time we have church service. These are church services, not weeks, that you just saw. So it's important to understand that if you miss Wednesdays, uh, follow us online. Go to our YouTube channel. Subscribe. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, follow us on the app. Follow us on our podcast. Download the app. Uh, stay connected. And we believe that you're going to get insight to prayer. When I heard the word prayer grow, growing up, it wasn't what we have right now, what I understand it to be today. I grew up watching my grandmother pray and my mother pray, and I saw them reciting prayers over and over and over and over. But I honestly have to say that I don't believe I actually heard or saw the results or heard of the results from their life. I just grew up in a religious home. Some of you understand what I'm talking about. I grew up with a house full of rosaries and candles. A lot of bingo candles, but <laughs> nobody ever won the bingo. <laughs> a lot of approaches that we try to take to God and think that we're going to get results because we believe in it. Because we believe in it. But then you read the word of God and you find out there are principles that God has established to give us direction. And then when you start understanding principle and insight and start listening to it and obeying God, you start getting results. And when you start getting results, things become exciting. We've taught here for years and teach now still there's a difference between going to church and being the church. The church is not a building. The church is a people. And we have become the temple of God. By the blood of Jesus and the born-again experience of the water and of the Spirit. We teach everything that God has to offer according to the Word of God. And we believe that God has called us to be a royal priesthood. That we have privilege to walk into the presence of God. First, going through the gate. Second, to the courts. And then to the holy place and meeting him in the holy of holies. You can also break that down in the format of the tabernacle, of the tabernacle into body, soul, and spirit. You can also break it down into the brazen altar of the blood, the water, and the laver. And then the most holy place as the spirit. There are many, many correlations here, many examples that you can hear. But we're going to dissect this and give spiritual principle based on the gate. I want to show you this picture of a gate that was somewhat of an example to what we are referring to. When you hear the psalm and the writer say, open up ye gates, open up ye doors. This was a lot of what we have to consider is that these doors were put within the gates. So there would be keepers of the gate that would be there. And they would allow people to go in formation and it wouldn't be an overflow. No one can get past them without being checked. Surveillance was a huge thing at these points of entrance. There are many, many, many gates and doors that were within Jerusalem and the cities. If you're following us and you take notes and you follow our, you know, us on the, on the app, most of you know that all of my sermon notes are given to all of, all of you, are given freely uh, through the app. And you can download them, print them off at home from our app and follow through. So at the end of the, my sermon notes for this Sunday, you'll find all the references that I've given for extra studies. If you'd like to study and go deeper, about the gates. I mean, I figured I did all the study. I might as well share it with you too, right? 
there's so much about the gates, so much to know. There were different types of gates that were in, this, in, in Jerusalem, like the Sheep Gate, the Fish Gate, the New Gate, the Benjamin Gate, the gate called Beautiful, the entrance of the city, the City Gate, the Temple Gate. Every one of these gates were responsible for filtering and checking who would come in. And who had allowance. And if they had bigger cargo, then they would open the gates. But if they were walking in, then they would walk in through the door. Based on what it was, the visit was all about or who it was. Those walls around those cities were high and they were thick. And Jesus began to reference this. And when he began to teach the disciples and talk to the people. And we're going to read that in a minute. But what good are these big walls without an entrance to come in? And if you go in any other way, you're considered a thief. So, you know, you got to go in through the door. Listen, if you go home and somebody's trying to get into your house through the window, that's a thief. Okay? The way to properly enter into a facility or even the temple was through this entrance. It was so important to have these gatekeepers there to watch and surveillance. In fact, when David was reigning as king, him and Samuel, the prophet, they came together and they began to establish a rotation. You can find this right here in 1 Chronicles chapter 9, verse 22, where they took 212 gatekeepers and cycled them out. And began to have proper surveillance. And they made sure this was one of the requirements for coming in. That no one would come in with ill intention. That wasn't part of the tribes. That no one would come in to also try to steal from the temple. When we think about the temple, we think about just a house being a house of worship. We think about only the artifacts that were there. The menorah, the altar of incense, the shoebread, the Ark of the Covenant. But what you need to consider within that temple was it was also the storehouse. When Solomon built the temple, it was built, it was built into three stories with 30 rooms on each floor. And every one of those rooms, they had grain from the harvest, the offerings that were brought in, the wine the seeds, and also the treasures, the gold, the silver. Artifacts from history that were of value, they were all in the temple. It was the priest's responsibility to watch over that while they were in it, but it was also the job of the security team at the gates to make sure no one came in that had ill intent. So you can see how their job was very important. In fact, when, when, whenever you can find it, in when Nehemiah was building the walls of Jerusalem again, and he was establishing the gates, you'll find it even in the book of Ezra, where they, sent, they had sent 139 gatekeepers just to establish the first thing they did was establish gatekeepers to make sure that what they built couldn't be torn down again. This is how important it was. And when God puts a gate someplace, it's for security reasons. And when God allows something to, or someone to come in, it's for its benefit of either the house or the person in the house. But anyone who comes in any other way is a thief and a robber. Anyone who tried to do it another way were guilty of something, but with our conscience... This is where the Spirit of God begins to work in our lives. I want you to know that we are made up of body, soul, and spirit. Most of you already know this. But within every part of your being, there are gates and there are doors. And in order for something to get to your heart, there's the gate of your mouth, the gate of your ears, and the gate of your eyes. There are entrances to your heart. And this is where the Spirit of God begins to come in and do something in our lives that we call conviction. 
with the relationship with the Spirit of God, God begins to help us have discernment on what should be allowed or disallowed into our lives. That's why it's so important to understand prayer. Prayer will allow the Spirit of Christ to work in our life to help us determine what we should say or even consume, what we should hear or give ear or attention or counsel to, and what we should watch and put before us. It's all over the New Testament. It is all over talking about having a covenant and agreement with your eyes to sustain yourself from evil. And watch what comes out of your mouth. Even the book of Proverbs says that life and death is in the power of the And when you have that type of responsibility and understand that you aren't just a human being, but you are a powerful, powerful individual when you have Jesus in your life and filled with the presence of God. And one of the worst things that can ever happen in your life is, is that you begin to say the wrong things. Agree with listening to the wrong advice. Begin to look at others or things or situations from a bad perspective and not have proper, proper guard over your heart. The gates of your life, the gates of your soul are there to be guarded. And they're there to let, as the psalm wrote, open up ye gates, open up ye ancient doors, and let the king of glory come in. Let the king of glory come in. When God began to bless and God began to establish, he brought principles into the children of Israel's life. But when Jesus came into this world and he began to teach, he gave these type of principles that would allow us to be blessed as well. Now we are made up of both Jew and Gentile and we are God's people. How many of you believe that we are God's people? And we may not live in a physical Israel. We might not live in a kingdom like they had back in the days of David or Ezra or Nehemiah. But we have this temple that God has given us. And there are principles, spiritual principles that God has given to guard it. John chapter 10 verse 1 says it like this. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than go through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper, everyone say gatekeeper. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. If Jesus is the gate, who's the gatekeeper? This is a good question because you have to ask yourself, if Jesus begins to tell them this, and he's going to confirm it in just a moment, then I would persuade you and I help you to understand that the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, is the gatekeeper. God is all things in one. God is able to do multiple tasks at one time because he is God. But listen to what it says here. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. The sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name, leads them out. After he gathers his own flock, he walks ahead of them. They follow him because they know his voice. They know they won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration, they heard Jesus use this illustration, didn't understand what he meant. So watch this. So he explained it to them. He said, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. I am the gate for the sheep. Turn to someone and go, man. <laughs> I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me were thieves and robbers. 
Can I, can I just insert something right here and tell you? If you have allowed things to come into your life that have robbed you of your relationship with Jesus, it's time to kick it out. Or kick them out. Not every relationship's of God. I'm very picky who I allow into my life. So should you be. When people come into my life and they tell me in, in, the, in, in many words, hey, forget about going to church or forget about praying, forget about living right, forget about this, forget about that, and, they, and, and are persuading me to go against my conviction, that ain't your friend. Neither they are a friend of God. But when I listen to the Holy Ghost, when I listen to the Spirit of God, and the only way I can listen to Him is by entering into prayer. And the only way I can enter into that place of prayer is recognizing it's only through Him. He's the gate. And the only way I'll enter into that is knowing His voice. The voice of God comes with love. It comes with peace. It comes with joy. And it comes with righteousness. It comes with the awareness of who he is. You know, God, you know, you can feel God, not just listen about him. I'm going to say it again. You can come to church, hear the word of God, but that's not, that's not all there is. You can feel the presence of God in your life if you believe and act on what you're hearing. But also... You can also feel other presence in your life if you listen to the wrong voices or listen to the wrong music. Did I say music? It's inevitable. The voices you listen to aren't always going to be audible. They're going to come in the form of feeling. I'm going to give you a secret. Some of you, it's not even in the notes, but can I give you a kind of an insight to how the devil talks? Can I, you want to know? Raise your hand if you want to know. The devil doesn't talk in third person or second person. He speaks in first person. When he talks to you, it's almost as if you're feeling it and you're saying it to yourself. I'm tired. I don't want to go to church. I'm depressed. How many of you have ever felt like all of a sudden, things were going well, then you just felt like depression just came on you, and you said, I'm depressed. First person, making you feel it's you, and it's not you. Listen, know the voice of God. God said he would give you a sound mind. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. I know the voice of God by the love of God. I want you to understand, when I say love, I'm speaking of an agape, untainted, un, uh, unadulterated type of presence from God that is only genuine from his spirit and from the throne of God himself. There is another level of love. If you've never experienced this level of love, it will cause you to live right. It'll cause you to talk right. It'll cause you to do right. It'll cause you to find Mrs. Right. It'll help, help you find Mr. Right. I'm just telling you, the love of God can do so much in your life and nothing, nothing, nothing is more powerful than the love of God. Nothing's more powerful than the love of God. And that voice, by an intimate relationship with God, will help you have conviction to keep certain things out of your life. If Jesus is the gate, then he gave us the gatekeeper called the comforter. Point number one, I want you to know that Jesus is the gatekeeper. Jesus is the gatekeeper in our life. You're going to find out that the only way when you begin to go into prayer, to enter into prayer, is through Jesus. The very fundamental revelation of who he is and what he has done is what's necessary to approach him through the gates of thanksgiving. 
This is where it all begins. None of us would even bow our knee down if we didn't believe who Jesus was. Most of us believe that Jesus was the Son of God, that he died for our sins, that his blood was shed. But the problem is we hear about Jesus, we know about Jesus, but we lack the experience with Jesus. God has given us the word. God has given us gifts in the church to teach, and God has given us opportunities. But it takes effort to walk towards that opportunity and to approach him by faith and to talk to him and respond to his voice. God calls everybody, but few are chosen. Not because you're not good enough, because you don't want to be chosen. Feel a little preacher come on me this Sunday morning. It's just a fact. It's just a fact that this is the problem with the prodigal child and the, and, and the son that was at home. It took the prodigal son going out messing up to get a party. And the other boy that was at home already probably thought, well, if I want a party, I guess I got to go mess up too. That wasn't the case. The daddy looked at him and said, son, you must have forgotten who you are. You could have had a party anytime you wanted to. But my son that was lost, now he is found. But you're not lost. And I think the people that stay saved and stay in the church and stay in the worship and stay with the prayerful attitude and stay with the mouthful of praise, I think they have the right to have a party anytime they want to. I mean, listen, living for God isn't boring. Living for God isn't depressing. Living for God is adventurous, fun. And I tell you right now, I haven't had, I'm going to just be very blunt, blunt and plain with you and help you understand. I shouldn't be standing up here. I really shouldn't be here. Some of you have better qualifications possibly than me. But I haven't had alcohol in over nearly 40 years. And I will tell you that I've never had a higher high. And I've never had more influence in my life than the spirit of God that's there. I've never heard a more comforting voice than the voice of God. I've never had more peace in my mind than I've had right now, even the trouble that I have. And I have had more trouble in my life than I have before I got saved. But there's a peace that passes all understanding that has kept me sure in his presence as sure as I'm talking to you. But because you got to watch out with who you let into your house. You have to allow the Spirit of God to keep certain things out. Because who you allow in will spoil what you have. What you allow in will spoil what you have. If you're the temple of God, then we have a responsibility to allow the gatekeeper to keep things out. If you're the temple of God and the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, which is synonymous for the comforter. I'm going to say it again. The spirit of Christ is synonymous with the comforter, the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, wonderful, the counselor, the mighty God, the kingdom of God. It is the spirit of God that interacts with humanity. The immunation, the actual experience of God channeling himself through an individual's life and how they experience him is how he reveals them. Every patriarch had a revelation of who he was. To Abraham, he was Jehovah Jireh, the God that provided. To Moses, he was the great I am. And based on those revelations is how God used them. You know Jesus. Jehovah has become salvation the fullness of the godhead dwells within him bodily everything that god was in the old testament was fulfilled was fulfilled in the life of jesus christ and everything you need him to be he can be and so if jesus is the gate that means that he was the only one worthy to give his life to give us eternal life to enter into the presence of God, and that is the Holy Ghost that keeps us safe. Yeah. This is the importance of prayer 
and gratitude. You can't forget what the Lord has done for you. Don't ever forget what God has done for you. Even now, you may not have what you want, and you may not be what you want to be, but you're not what you used to be, and you have more than you used to have. If you've got peace of mind, you've got a lot. If you've got a job, you've got a lot. If you have, I'm telling you right now, if you're in good relationships, if you have a lot of friends, uh, you, know, you know, that's wonderful. But if you've got a friend in Jesus, you've got everything. You have everything. Don't forget what the Lord has done. Keep your mouth. Keep your words. Guard your gates. The entrance to the presence in the temple, the tabernacle, was the gate. But it's what comes out of your mouth that fills you. Isn't it amazing? It almost sounds like a paradox, but when you speak, God feels. You ever, you ever think about that? You know why? Because when you speak, your spirit is released, and then that's where the spirit of God channels himself through. So what comes out of your mouth will begin to develop in your life and your surrounding. Because you're in the image of God, in the likeness of God. And God is a creator. God created all things, so you have created power inside of you when the Spirit of God is speaking through you. You don't like your environment, change the way you talk. If you don't like your life, change who you're listening to. If you feel spoiled, <laughs> if you feel like there are some things missing, if you've been robbed of some things, you need to replace the gatekeeper with the Holy Ghost. You've got to put the right person there in your life to guard what you have. Listen, let me tell you something. Your salvation is there's nothing, nothing in this world that can compare to the salvation that God has given you. And I hate to tell you, but it's not once saved, always saved. If you believe that, somebody, that means you haven't read your Bible. That's all that means. You work this thing out. You walk in it. You mess up, he forgives you. Pick yourself up, keep on walking. As long as you don't quit, you're going to make it. You're going to make it through everything. Everything. It's about having no give up in your life. It's about not quitting. It's about being consistent. It's about understanding he's not, you're not perfect, but he is. It's about simply letting him guard your heart. The weaker you become, the stronger you become. The more dependent you are on him, the more aware you are of your surroundings. Here's the principle I want to give you. I want to show you something. This is really interesting because Joshua was given past the baton from Moses. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. Is this okay? Y'all getting this? You want to hear a principle, a revelation? You want to get an understanding on something? Watch this. Watch this. Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over the Jordan, you and all these people in the land which I have given them, the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your feet, if your foot will, uh, the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the river of the Lebanon and the far as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Now, what's this promise? No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. No man. Keep in mind that this was an old covenant and a promise given to Joshua, who was a type of Jesus. And keep in mind that when you understand and what we're going to be teaching the next semester, all of these covenants and promises were inheritedly given to Jesus. And if you have Jesus, you have these promises. I just gave you the first part of the semester. No man, everyone say no man. That means that whatever intent that man has or that individual has, whatever strategy, whatever evil thought, whatever it is, it will not prosper. He told Joshua, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. That means that you can live a good life, that you can live a life 
where God will bless you and keep you safe and from things that would deceive you. You can. And if you are tripped up, it doesn't matter. When a righteous man falls seven times, the Lord picks him up every single time. That's the difference. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As, as I was with Moses, I will also be with you. And I'm going to not leave you or forsake you. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Jesus said the same thing to the disciples and to us. But listen to what he says. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Right here. He said, what, be strong in what? How many of you ever thought that he was talking about be strong and courageous towards the enemy? Raise your hand if you thought that. Be strong and courageous towards the enemy. I thought that. The rest of you that are afraid to admit it. I thought that. But if you read it, listen to what he says to be strong and courageous about. He said, only, so he gave a promise, no man will stand before you all the days of your life. I'm going to give you every promise that I've given to your family and the people of Israel. I want you to personalize this. We want you to personalize this if you can. Because he's giving something that has not been, a day, been done away with, but it's still inherently been given to us. This applies to you. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Did you hear that? Not strong and courageous towards the enemy, Strong and courageous towards your conviction. Strong and courageous to not sway away from the commandments of God. Because you're going to be tempted in a land filled with pagan worship, pagan beliefs. Even your neighbor, it happened in the wilderness where all of them began to revert back to the lifestyle of Egypt. And they made a golden calf. And what did it do? It brought the judgments of God. And for that reason, a whole generation of 40 years was stuck and died in the wilderness. But he tells Joshua, as for you, I will cause you to inherit what the last generation couldn't inherit as long as you're strong and courageous to stick close to your convictions. To stay and keep the word of God. So listen to what he says, how to do this. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Watch what you say. Because what you say, listen to this, what you say will go back in and filter to your ears. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Watch your gates. But you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do all according to all that is written in it. Then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will find good success. How much more under an old covenant does that rest true under a new covenant? The principle of what we are given here is given to us to carry out the fact that I will not allow anything to come out of my mouth and I will guard it and I will allow myself to be led by the voice of God, by the Spirit of God, and I'm not going to allow the enemy to cause me to say something that's going to bring me down. Rather, I'm going to walk forward, move forward, and take everything that God has for me. I'm not going down, I'm going up. I'm not going down, I'm going up. I'm not walking back, I'm walking forward. It takes this mentality to go to God and understand that 
Without this, no wonder David wrote in Psalms 100. Psalms 100, he said, shout with joy to the Lord. All the earth, worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord, he is God. He made us. We are his. And watch this. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Same verbiage that Jesus used from John chapter 10. We are the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his gates with gratitude. Don't forget what the Lord has done. Don't allow yourself to get caught up in the drama, in a feeling, in an emotion, in a bad report. Don't allow yourself when you come into God, if you want to enter his gates, enter in with the disposition of gratitude. Does anybody in this building have anything to be grateful for? I mean, how many times have we gone to God and gone straight to give, to give a petition or a request or complain or, or, or just say, hey, this wasn't right, I was done wrong, when we should have said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This is going to work out for my good. I don't know how, but it's going to work out for my good because your word says, see, you're watching the gate now, You'll work because the Holy Ghost is telling you all things work together for good. To them that love God and are called according to his purpose, this isn't going to make me weak. This is going to make me stronger. This ain't going to make me foolish. It's going to make me wiser. I'm going to confound those that are without. I'm going to let God, let God use me. The same people that watch you fail are the same people that are going to see you rise up and win. But you got to watch the gate. You've got to watch the gate. Here are the enemy. Here are seven enemies of gratitude. When you forget what the Lord has done, it's because of forgetfulness, just the simple simplicity of, I, I forgot. We forget. A forgetful mind. Because maybe it's because we didn't leave a residue of gratitude when something good happened. You ever think about that? How many of you can smell certain fragrances? How many of you can smell certain meals and it takes you back to grandma or mama? How many of you can smell a certain fragrance and it reminds you of mama or your wife? How many of you can think a thought right now and it just a certain feeling will come into your your spirit and your emotions. See, this is the importance of having a heart of gratitude when God does something good. It's easier to remember a moment when you have allowed your emotion to build in that moment with sincerity to reflect back if it wasn't for the Lord who was on our side. You have to pause. You have to stop sometimes and build a memory. You have to stop sometimes and pause and say, thank you, Lord Jesus. This is why David said, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. And I will bless the Lord at all times. At all times. We forget what the Lord has done sometimes. I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. If you can just remember. See, even Jesus told, don't forget about me. When you eat this bread and drink this cup, remember what I did for you. Remember what I did for you. That's why we take communion together. And that's why we participate in what we do here together because it helps us remember what the Lord has done. Somebody say, Lord Jesus, help me remember. Help me remember. Another thing that fights your gratitude and in entering into God's presence in prayer is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. So this causes us to miss it with God. You see, what I'm trying to tell you, what you don't take care of of the gate, the Holy Ghost, the security guard, when you're trying to go to the courts of praise, he brings you all back to the gate and says, hey, you got to get rid of this first. <laughs> I don't know why I have this worldly reference come to my mind. But you remember when you weren't saved? 
and you borrowed your brother's ID to get into that club, and you're acting all cool, tonight's a night. And the, and the security team grabbed you and said, where's your ID, son? You don't look old enough. And takes you out there, puts you out by the sidewalk, and now you're embarrassed in front of all your friends. You ever try to, you ever been stopped at the grocery store or at Sam's and you walked out in the parking lot and they come out and get you and ask to check your receipt and it didn't scan something and then you're like, I, I pay for it, but, I, but, but it's, not on, well, it's not on the receipt. We had church service one time. Let's talk about church then. because None of you can relate to that. Let's talk about church. <laughs> we had a service one time, true story, church service one time. And a man and a woman walk, and they're far, they're in Israel right now, so they're not even here. You'll understand what I mean in a minute. They walked into the door. They walked in with two big satchels, two big suitcases. And they were dressed in robes, all white robes with headbands, the whole works. It looked like they walked off the Sahara Desert. They walked into church. They sat in the back. They had these big suitcases. They had all their equipment. They were ready to bust out with the tambourine and the horns, I can tell. They were just getting ready for that moment. And I walked up to them, and they start talking to me, and I said, hey, how you doing? The security guards were there, and they, were, they, were, they mentioned it to me. So I said, well, let me go talk to them first, see what's going on, see who they are. You know, we don't discriminate against anybody, but that situation required it because when I went up to them and asked them, hi, how you doing? Who are you? And, you know, uh, how'd you hear about us? And and so forth, and they said, well, we're from Israel. And I said, I said, are you really? I said, so what are you, how, how long have you been in Victoria? Well, we just got here. I said, you did? Then he proceeded to tell me, we came to restore holiness into the church. I said, you did? In other words, they're here to set things right. We're Jewish from the promised land. What's your name? Oh, Garcia. <laughs> Last name Garcia. <laughs> what, the south side? <laughs> so they walked into church and then... I proceeded to tell them, I don't know what you have in the suitcase, but if there's anything of what I'm seeing now, you got it has to stay there. And we have a we have a, a, a procedure here. We have a, a a rule here that you can't bring in big backpacks unless you're a mother or bring in these big suitcases like this because we just, you never know. You know that's just part of our routine here. If you don't mind, can you take it back to the car? It was a hard thing to do thinking that I was in that moment, man, what a man, man of God, supposed to be loving and caring. Let me, let me explain something to you. We love everybody. But weirdness, and if I feel as a pastor there's a sense of danger or an awkward moment going to be created, I'm sorry. Your safety comes first. I remember starting the church one time, and there was somebody. We had no carpet. I don't know I'm lollygagging. I know. They had no carpet, and there was a guy that brought a cowbell into the church. Oh, we've been through some things. I'm just going to tell you. It's not even half of it. We didn't even have carpet here. This guy brought in a cowbell. came from an old one of those Pentecostal churches, and, 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 and I grew up out of that, too, spiritually. I mean, how many of you came out of Pentecostal churches? And you understand that, you know, listen, we love God, too, here, but the, the, the tambourine and the, and the cowbells are a little bit much. And this dude started going, and I watched the drummer. He's kind of like going. It was causing a disruption. We didn't have a good security team at that time, so I had to ask the guy if he can please put it in the car. Nonetheless, all of these people left, never came back. You're going to have to get a backbone to what you allow 
into your temple regardless of what other people think. I want you to take a picture of this or download the notes because I'm going to go through them very quickly. Bitterness will stop gratitude. Entitlement, thinking that you are entitled to something without having to serve or to do because somebody else has it. When you see somebody else that's blessed or has something, you feel entitled to have the same, you're going to have to go through the same process they went through to get what they had. Are you willing to go through the testing and the hard work and the place that God has put them in? You just can't have it just because you think you're entitled to it. You can't just have anything just because you put in an hour's worth of work and somebody's been putting in a lifetime of work and think that you deserve the same thing. You have to go through the same process that they went through. Listen, God chose Joseph to be on the throne second in command. It wasn't overnight, but to some it was because they'd never seen him. Why? He was in prison. But God knew what he went through. Therefore, God said, he's qualified. I'll put him there. It's God that brings the promotion in your life and God that gives titles. But God didn't come to hand out titles. He came to hand out towels. Pride will stop gratitude. Comparing yourself among others will bring ingratitude and also discontentment. You can't be grateful for what you have already. What does this have to do with entering into his gates? This has to do with one thing. Approaching the presence and entering in. Having a right disposition. Come on, Haley, I close with this. I've gone past my time. I'm going to show you something. I'm going to go through Deuteronomy chapter 8, and I'm just going to breeze through this. I'm closing. For the Lord your God is bringing you into the land of flowing with streams and pools of water, with fountains and springs that gush out of the valleys, in the valleys and the hills. This is where God is taking Israel. It is the land of wheat and barley, grapevines, fig trees, pomegranates. And he goes through the whole thing of how good this land is. But he says... When you have eaten and you're full, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. But that is the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands, regulations, decrees that I am giving you today. And that's all I'm going to read there. Continue to read this at home. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Go home and read it. How many times he says, don't forget. But remember, this is the Lord that brought you out. That is what happened to Israel. Because they went to the temple and they forgot the goodness of God. And guess what happened? Throughout the scripture, different kings forgot about the goodness of God. And they put no emphasis on the gatekeepers. Therefore, they allowed idols to come through the gates of the temple. That's how idols got into the temple. That's how it got in there with, with, with Manasseh. He forgot how good God was to his father, Hezekiah. He forgot the goodness of God and killed his own grandfather, Isaiah. Every king that allowed idols false worship into the temple forgot the goodness of God it came through the gatekeepers you want to get results in prayer come to God with a grateful heart and don't forget will you stand to your feet this Sunday morning I want us just to press in I know that was a lot but I want us to press in this moment I hope you got this I hope you got something today that will allow you to go into prayer and seek God and approach Him. Prayer is not a bad word. Prayer is an exciting thing that transpires. Nothing happens in this world without prayer. God is not in control of anything you haven't given Him control of. And it's through the gratitude of of what He has done. Will you just begin to thank God right now and tell Him, Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you, first of all, for the blood. Thank you, secondly, for the cross. Thank you, dear God, for the goodness that you've given me in my life. For always being there for me and giving me good success. For a praying mama. For a praying daddy. For a praying grandma. Thank you for my relatives, God, that have petitioned on my behalf. 
thank you for the generations that preceded me but I'm going to carry on that blessing and that and that heritage dear Lord and I'm not going to forget what the Lord has done for me and my family and my life so right now I say Lord Jesus thank you just a simple thank you dear God for the blessings of God in my life Lord Jesus don't allow bitterness don't allow comparing don't allow entitlement don't allow jealousy don't allow unforgiveness don't allow laziness slothfulness all those things to come into my life that's going to take me God away from you I want to stay grateful come on tell them somebody say Lord Jesus give me a heart of gratitude will you do that right now will you ask the Lord give you a heart of gratitude give you a heart of awareness give you and help you remember come on tell him Lord Jesus when I forget help me to remember your goodness when I forget help me to remember help me to remember your goodness come on let's worship come on let's worship come on just lift your voice lift your voice right now come on Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.